Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Nevertheless, the children of Israel did not drive out the Geshurites or the Maccathites, or the Ge- but the Geshurites and the Maccathites dwell among the Israelites until this day. Okay, so now we can see that Joshua was set up in leadership to resume the work from Moses after Moses died. Moses died, and then Joshua steps in place. He gets put in place of leadership. Now, let me take you to a familiar setting real quick before we proceed. Anytime I've ever been given a job to do, to resume work from someone else, there's two major things I want to know. You're getting put in place to do work, to pick up from somebody, and you're jumping in the middle of a project. First thing I want to know, what has already been done? I need to know what's already been done because I need to know what I'm working from. And then I want to know what has yet to be done so that I know what I'm working towards. Two things, what you're working from, what you're working towards. And so in verses 2 through 7, God told Joshua what yet has to be done, which is dealing with the remaining lands yet to be conquered. Here's the lands yet remaining, and that has to be divided among Israel. And it's why the Lord told him in verse 7, now divide, that means it's your turn, this is your part to do, now divide this land as an inheritance, because it hasn't been allocated to these tribes yet. But now here in verses 8 through 13, the Lord outlines what has already been done. The land that was already divided by Moses over on the east side of the Jordan. So that's already been done. It's not yours to deal with. Somebody else did that work. But from the Jordan, you work from there. From the Jordan westward, that's yours to do. The east side is done. But your job is to work west from there to divide all that land. And so Joshua has a clear picture now of what's done and what's not done. So verses 8 through 13 are what I'm, what he's working towards, and verses 2 through 7 are what he's working from in regards to dividing the land to the tribes of Israel. So just hold on to that perspective as we move along of what's mine to do and what's not mine to do. I need to know what's been done up to now so I can know how to pick up and go from what to where. So that's where we need to hang on to our perspective. Joshua 13 and 14. He says, Only to the tribe of Levi he had given no inheritance. Y'all hang on to this here. Bear with me. Only to the tribe of Levi he had given no inheritance. The sacrifices of the Lord God of Israel, made by fire, are their inheritance, as he said to them. So, wow, check this out. You're supposed to divide all the conquests of the rest of the land and divide it to all these other tribes. You got the tribes that have some of the land on the other side of the Jordan. Moses dealt with that, so that got divided out to a few tribes. Now the remaining tribes get this land on this side, but the Levites get nothing. No inheritance. 
you're thinking, well, I'm glad I'm not a Levite. (laughs) Well, hang on a minute. (laughs) The Lord is their inheritance. He's their possession. But they didn't get any possession in Israel. Wow. So did you see that? He said it shall be in regard to their inheritance. I'm their inheritance. Give them no possession in Israel. I'm their possession that God is saying. He said that in Ezekiel 44 and 28. No inheritance. I'm their possession. And so this is uh, the way it is for the Levites. No inheritance. They'll, They'll get their living from what God brings them. You know, there were commands and rules put into the priesthood system because the Levites were the priests, right? That's what's special about them. No inheritance. But there were commands and rules put into the priesthood by God that would facilitate the provisions the priests needed to get to get their living on. So God God provided for them. They just don't get an inheritance, a section of land. And so this is God's uh, command for Joshua to work from now to divide the remaining parts of the land that God has given them with no inheritance to the priests because God is their possession. But Joshua is too old to soldier anymore, like we were talking about. So he has to take on a new role of administering the division, the dividing out of the land to the tribes. And in that new role, God shows him what's already been done and what yet remains. And the reason God is carefully outlining all this is so that Israel can be set apart as a nation to himself, God's own chosen people. Holy, set these people here, set these people here. And God is God is being very detailed on how he wants all this divided out with all these these tribes, why has God got his eye so close on Israel for? Because that's his chosen people, and they still are. God is really watching Israel, and we should be too. If Israel is only in your your television news viewing for the afternoon or the evening, oh, there's a little blip about Israel. Oh, I feel bad for them. Oh, well, turn it off. What's for supper? Oh, my gosh, please don't do that. Israel is so important to God. They should be so important to us. We bless the Jews at Calvary Chapel, Pearland. And now that's as far as I'm going to go in Joshua 13 in this setting, as far as Israel's story is concerned, but because now I want to direct the story to you. Now, I'm a Gentile, and Romans 11 explains how the foreigner, the person that was far off, not an Israelite, not Jewish, but a Gentile like me, oh, I'm so far away, what do I get, you know? That was kind of the impression people had in the day. Guess what? We foreigners, we Gentiles can be grafted in with Israel's blessings through salvation in Jesus Christ. Isn't that good? Salvation came from Israel. Jesus Christ is a Jew. And we get those blessings by being grafted in. You know, being saved in Jesus means you have a new life. When you get saved by Jesus, you can't live the way you used to. And and that sadly, that's something being very missed in American Christianity today. People that think, well, I'm saved just because I said a prayer, but they haven't changed one bit. They're still living like the devil. Um, I'm sorry. Go read Matthew 7. That'll wake you up. You have to change. I always say, no change, no conversion. Jesus will change you. And if he didn't, you ain't saved. Let's, let's just be real. You know, getting married will change you. Getting run over by a truck will change you. And some people think that Jesus doesn't change them and they're living the same old way. You got to have a new life. That's the way it is. And when you have a new life, it also means you have a new role, it means you have a new job to do. And that job is to walk in righteous obedience to Jesus Christ, to his commands, 
or else why is he your Lord? He even asked the question, why do you call me Lord and you don't do what I say? And for you to take on that new role, you need to know how to proceed forward by knowing what's already been done and what yet needs doing. You need to know what work is not yours to do, and you need to know what work is yours to do. So let me tell you here what work has already been done so that you know what you're working from. Romans 5, 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Did you know that Christ died for you? Do you feel like you're worthless? You're not. If Jesus Christ would die for you, what does that make you? That makes you tremendously important. That makes you valuable. And so, in your new walk with Christ, if he's your Lord and you've given your life to him, that's the work that's not yours to do, but that's what you work from, what Jesus did for you on the cross. And because of his resurrection, we get to rise up with him. You've got a great future in Jesus Christ. It's good. It's exciting. I always tell people, if the Bible doesn't excite you, you ain't reading it. So that's what you work from, what Jesus did on the cross, his finished work. So now that you know what you work from, you need to know what you work toward. Romans 12.1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Jesus served us on the cross, paying our way to salvation. You can't do that job because he already did it. That was his to do. You couldn't have done it anyway. You can't save yourself. And so our reasonable service now in our new role is to be living sacrifices. We are to be living sacrifices. Now, remember the Levites again. It says they got no inheritance. Because why? Joshua 13, 14 says, because being priests, they were busy with the sacrifices. They were busy doing the service of sacrifices. I want to ask you a question. What is our service as believers in Jesus to present ourselves, as we just read, as a living sacrifice? Now, wait a minute. If priests do sacrifices and our reasonable service in Jesus is to be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, that's our service, then that must make us a priest (laughs) with Jesus as our high priest. You're a priest. You are a priest. So, how do I serve as a priest, Ray? Well, if you go to a church and you you sing praises, did you know that you're offering a sacrifice of praise that goes up to God? That's a way that you do priestly work. That's doing a sacrifice, holy and pleasing, acceptable to the Lord. And so, as a priest, I want to let you know something. You don't get any inheritance as a priest you get no inheritance down here. As a priest, you don't get any inheritance down here. So don't waste your life in the pursuit of money, trying to look like everybody else. Uh, Don't covet what they have, trying to get the same things they've got. Don't fall for prosperity preaching, thinking that you are entitled to anything you can claim to down here. Don't fall for prosperity preaching. You know, when the Antichrist comes, he's going to be able to give everybody all the material stuff they want and everybody that have been preconditioned 
by prosperity preaching. They're going to fall for this guy. They're going to look at the Antichrist and say, that's got to be God because he's given me everything I want. Do not fall for prosperity preaching. You ever notice the sense of entitlement these days? As a priest, you are entitled to no inheritance down here. The Levites got no inheritance. Why? As it says, because their inheritance is in the Lord. That's the point. (laughs) You get no inheritance down here because your inheritance is is in God, the Lord, in Jesus Christ. That goes for us who are priests under Jesus Christ. We have an inheritance coming. But let me tell you, it ain't down here. 1 Peter 1 and 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance. To an inheritance, incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. You know, I've been to a restaurant before, and it was so busy, there's no place to sit down, had to leave. But if I made a reservation, you show up and they go, oh yeah, we got a seat for you, come on in. (laughs) I got a reservation. You know, this inheritance, you get in Jesus Christ. You have an inheritance that's undefiled. It will not fade away. It's incorruptible, and it is reserved in heaven. You will have a place when you get there. Don't worry. Jesus paid it all. But sadly today, there's too many people looking for their inheritance in the world. They're not looking for it in Messiah Jesus. They're not looking, they're not considering Jesus to be enough. Jesus is not enough. They're looking for their inheritance in the world. We are to be looking for the coming of our Lord Messiah Jesus. And so we need to start thinking like priests. We need to start thinking like priests. We need to be able to adapt to the new role that God assigns us. So let's stop about, stop the whole thing about getting rich and having lots of stuff. If you're in Jesus, you're rich already. In Jesus, you have everything because you're even royalty. And you know, when we spend our efforts pursuing materialism, we show people that Jesus is not enough. When we pursue materialism and the big dollar bill in the sky, we demonstrate Jesus is not enough for us. Show people that Jesus is enough. Seek first the kingdom, and then God will provide you with the rest. God provided for the Levites who had no inheritance. He'll provide for you too. Don't think you're losing out on anything by following Jesus. You're gaining everything by following Jesus. And as a believer in Jesus, you need to know your new role. You need to know what you're working from and what you're working towards. We work from victory in Jesus. Do not strive for victory. People are working hard trying to get that victory. We don't work for victory. We work from victory. Victory in Jesus. And we work towards our service to God. We work from the victory of the cross. And we work toward Jesus Christ. As priests offering up sacrifices. You don't get get an inheritance down here. And you need to know what's your work to do. 
and what's not your work to do. It is not your work to try to earn your salvation. Jesus already took care of that. He took care of every bit of it. He paid for it all. That's not your job. When Jesus said it is finished on the cross, he meant that. That means it's done. He paid the whole thing. He didn't pay 99% and said, now you throw your 1% in. He paid every bit of it. So that's not your work to do anymore. Just like Joshua heard that Moses did all this up to the Jordan, and now from the Jordan on westward, now that's yours to do. We work from the victory in Jesus, and we work toward our service to God as we look for Messiah Jesus to return. You know, the other day I was leaving my parents' place, and there was a a delivery van that was trying to turn around out in the street. And I could tell he wasn't used to driving this big old van. Didn't have a lot of windows in it, and it was huge. I guess he couldn't see behind himself too well. And he put that van in the ditch. And this is a a big name delivery vehicle here. He, I, I was aware he had a lot of runs to do. He had a lot of work to do, <laughs> and he people need to get their deliveries. But he stuck that thing right in the ditch. It was in there. He wasn't coming out. So I looked at my dad, and we have a tractor. And I said, "Let's go get the tractor out of the barn and go over there." So we went over there, and we told him we were going to pull him out. And he couldn't. He couldn't get out. He had no power to get out. So we hooked up to it with some straps, and we. Uh, hooked it to the frame of the van, and then we got on the tractor, and we pulled that van out, pulled him out. And I knew there was a gospel moment in this picture somewhere, but dad beat me to the punch. And he goes up to this guy that was driving the van, so thankful we pulled him out. Oh, now he can get on with the rest of his day. And my dad walked up to him, and he goes, son, you know what you owe me? And he kind of had a scared look on his face. He goes, no. My dad said, well, let me tell you, 2,000 years ago, there was a man who died on the cross for our sins. His name was Jesus Christ. And you know how much he is going to charge you to receive the grace that gives you eternal life? You know how much he's going to charge you for it? And the guy goes, no, I don't know. He says, he's not going to charge you a thing. He's going to give it to you absolutely for free. And so he tells the kid again, he goes, so do you know how much you owe me for pulling you out? He goes, no. My dad says, absolutely nothing. Don't forget about Jesus Christ. Have a good day. And we let him go. And I got to thinking about that. You know, every one of us in sin, all of us, even and especially me, don't think for a minute that pastors think we're better than anybody else because we know we're not. We're acutely aware of it that we're not. But we're forgiven. At some point along the way, all of us in sin, We got ourselves stuck. We ditched it, man. I mean, we ditched it deep, and we were not coming out. And no matter how much we spin the tires, you're not coming out. But someone came along who had the power to pull us out. And he hooked on and pulled us out of that muck called sin and delivered us from it, saved us from certain death. And that was Jesus Christ. And he did all this work for you. And he did it only on his own. You had no power in to put into this. It was all him. And he offers to save you, and he offers to save you absolutely free. It's amazing how such a good deal this is, and a lot of people will not genuinely give themselves to Jesus Christ. And you know, getting saved is not saying, uh, Lord, come in my life, thank you, and then go on about your merry little way. That's not the way it works. There's the R word. It's rated R. It's called repentance. It means turn around. 
It means you have to turn around. It means the things that God is revealing to you that are sin that you know is wrong because God's telling you right now, stop doing this. If you will stop and turn from that, be willing to turn from that and say, Lord Jesus, I'm in a mess. I'm in a rut. I'm in a ditch. I can't get out. But I turn myself over to you. I give my life to you. Like that man gave us his van. Here, take my van. Do what you would do with it. Just get me out of here. (laughs) He'll pull you out. And now your reasonable service to him is to serve him as a priest. To serve as a living sacrifice. To do sacrifices to the Lord. That's what it is to be saved. To give your life fully to Jesus Christ. You know, if you have not given your life 100% to the Lord, you haven't given yourself at all. You know, my wife, I don't let her spend time with other men. She's my wife. She belongs to me. She has given herself to me. She will stay with me. She's not to go running around. First of all, she don't want to. But you understand that analogy very easily, that when you give yourself to someone, you give yourself to them fully. You don't play around with others. Well, God does not want to share you with sin. He wants you to get that sin out of your life. So you've got to be willing to let it go. I'd say let it go today. Right now is a good time to get right with Jesus. You've got yourself stuck in a mess, and you know it. And you know the things that you're doing that are sin. God is willing to help you take it all away, forgive it, give you a new life, a new role. And now you can work from the victory of the cross, serving the Lord God in reasonable service as a living sacrifice. Now you know what's already been done. You know what's not yours to do because you can't do it. But now you know how to walk forward. What a great picture. And Joshua 13, that we can live by today. Father, I thank you for this message. Lord, I thank you for your word in Joshua 13. Thank you for Israel. They went through all this as an example to us that we can follow. Thank you, Lord, for your servant, Joshua. I want to be a servant like that. And Lord, for anybody that's listening to me, they've never quite got it. Maybe for the first time they're realizing they need to give their life to you. Lord, let me pray for them, that they can come to belief in you. Lord, just repeat after me, okay? And and pray this in agreement with me. I can't pray it over you for you, but you, you need to agree with this prayer, okay? So pray in agreement with me. Father, I've ruined it. I got myself stuck. I ruined the whole thing. And I just don't have the power to do anything about it. So I'm giving you my life. I now call you Lord. You're the boss. El Jefe. You are the Lord Jesus Christ. That means I do what you say. Forgive me, Father, for my sins. Turn me around and show me what to do going forward now as a new creation in a new role. I know what's not my job to do. You've already done it. You paid my way on the cross. Now in thankfulness and because I love you and because I've made you Lord, I want to serve you the rest of my days. Show me what to do and how to do it. I give you my life and I will follow you. I'll pursue you in your word. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming and saving a guy that never cared about you in the first place. I give you my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope you got under the blood of Christ today. If you did, I want to hear about it. Give me a text. Give me an email with the information at the end of this radio show, and uh, we'll get back to you. We just want to make sure you're saved. That's all I'm out here to do is to take the gospel of Jesus to as many people as I possibly can. And I hope you heard it today in Joshua 13. Blessings. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time 
unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.